welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin, Property Soldier here, and welcome to this episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Now, what I want to talk about for this episode is purchase to SA, so buying property specifically to use for service accommodation. And I want to dispel a few myths in this episode about the type of property that people perceive is appropriate property to be used as serviced accommodation. Because actually what I've discovered is that I'm getting really good returns and really good results from, um, I, like the, I like the phrase, uh, bog standard terrace property. And um, the sort of property that I'm going to talk about now, I'm going to give you some examples of how well it's working, is is not fancy, not posh property, inner city type, terrace type property that I'm using as service accommodation. And I'm now buying property like this in order to use as serviced accommodation, as opposed to what a lot of people might think um, I should be uh, buying, which is sort of more high-end, fancier, posher type property. So I'll explain exactly why. Now, why did I get into... Um, targeting this type of property. Well, my background for 28 plus years now, I've been doing buy to let. Yes, I was in the army for 24 years of my property investing career, but for 28 years, I've been doing um, buy to let, HMO, etc. And more recently, in recent years, started doing service accommodation as well. So I built up a, a stock, if you like, of of buy to let properties and. And what sort of properties, you know, does the trained property investor look for for buy to let? Well, it's not fancy. It's the sort of uh, property that, you know, you go as cheap as you dare um, without going into the really rough part of town where you're still able to source um, decent tenants. Uh, You know, you might have 10 applicants, but... And only one of those applicants might be suitable, but the the upshot is, or the net result is, that you're still able to uh, source decent tenants for those properties. Why? Because the yield is just so much better. Because the purchase price of the properties in that area is going to be a lot less than in you know your your nicer parts of town, the the leafy suburbs, if you like. And so the yield, the gross yield, is just so much better. I'm talking about doing buy, refurbish, refinance on these types of deals as well. And so I've got quite a lot of experience on doing that. Buy, refurbish, refinance on on pretty standard basic type property, using it as buy to let because the yield is so much better. And the return on investment is extremely high when you do buy, refurbish, refinance because often you've got hardly any money left in a deal once you've remortgaged it at its new value. And actually, sometimes you even get cash back. You get more money back in a mortgage than you've actually spent on purchase and refurb. So um, that's what I've been doing over the years. And so I I started to do service accommodation. I thought, oh, well, service accommodation has got to be different, right? So I would be looking for, um, you know, waterside apartments, city centre, smart type living apartments. 
And that's because of the training courses that I had been on. I'm a big value in, in edu- uh, believer in education. And so I went on whatever training courses I could get my hands on when I first started a few years ago. And that was what was being taught. And, I, you know, we'd be taken on uh, viewings of the types of properties that these operators were using. And they were, you know, decent city centre type apartments. And so that was what I had a perception of uh, was a, was the right type of property. And and let's face it, that's what most people out there are thinking works as service accommodation is is a decent, higher standard quality of accommodation. Well, yes, it does work, but your yield, your gross yield is actually going to be less in most instances than if you are opting for more basic property. Now, one of the reasons why... I opt for more basic property and I target basic property in order to buy to do service accommodation now is because of tradesmen. Now, tradesmen, they are motivated by saving themselves money on hotels. When they are going on to booking.com and they, you know, there's several of them and they need accommodation in a hotel, they get a price for God knows how many hotel rooms. Let's say it's three hotel rooms. And that can work out to be extremely expensive if they are working for, you know, more than a week, let's face it, it can work out to be pretty um, expensive. And so they will also see, if you're listed on booking.com, your houses um, as service accommodation and a two or three bed house that can represent, you know, the same, um, you know, that can compete with three hotel rooms, let's say four hotel rooms. And so those those groups of tradesmen can come and stay with you for a fraction of the price that it would cost them staying in a hotel. But you're going to make an awful lot more money from that uh, property. So, to, you know, you could be taking £200 uh, per night um, for a group of trades and that could be saving them £100, £150 per night on the hotel costs. And if you're operating, you know, 70% occupancy for a month, that's that's returning a really high turnover for you as an SA operator. You take out your costs from there and that should return a healthy profit for you. So I'll talk more about sort of profits later on um, in this episode. But I actually stumbled across targeting these types of properties by accident, if you like, because I would get properties back from my buy-to-let tenant, bless them, and sometimes sometimes they would be coming back to me not in the standard <laughs> the same standard that I handed them over and so yes pretty normal would be to do a pretty extensive refurb more often than not the the uh, deposit or the bond wouldn't cover the cost of the the refurb and you know you just normally you take it on the chin okay that's what normally happens and you turn it around again and let it back out as buy to let well i would make the decision now because i do service accommodation i've got the fancy waterside apartments but hey what what would happen let's let's just give these bog standard terrace properties a go as service accommodation and see what happens and so i would think well okay let's target trades let's put single beds in the properties and see how we get on and I was absolutely amazed at how quickly I was getting booked and instantly I'd be cash flowing circa £1,000 per month on these bog standard terrace properties, two bed, three bed properties used as serviced accommodation. And so that really opened up my eyes. And now whenever I get a, a, a buy to let back, I will either turn it into service accommodation or I will sell it. And I'm I'm literally selling three as we speak. In fact, one's just sold. I sold a couple last year. 
And so that's what I will do. And I'll reinvest the money from um, selling property into property that does work as service accommodation. Significant tax benefits. I'll I'll talk about those uh, very, very shortly. And so now I'm looking going out there to target property to buy as service accommodation. And what I've learned is that I should actually be targeting very similar properties to the ones that I was using as buy to let. And so I don't have to go too far off the beaten track, if you like, to be targeting what works. Now, the reason why that's absolutely awesome, really cool, is because the purchase price of these properties in the parts of town that is, you know, buy to let land, um, they're cheap. And if you said to somebody, I'm going to give you an example. So I've, I did a, a purchase to SA and two houses on one title um, in a place called Bonnie Mine in Swansea. And Bonnie Mine in Swansea, it might sound rather nice to most people, but a lot of people in, in Swansea would actually look down their nose at Bonnie Mine. And it's not considered one of the more affluent parts of town. And so if you told somebody that you've got a house in, in Bonnie Mine and you're using it as service accommodation, if you explain to them for a start what service accommodation is, you would get a very confused look. You'd get a very confused um, face, if you like. And that's actually a really good thing to get. Most people would think, oh, God, I don't like that face. But actually, that's that should be telling you that you've actually chosen a good part of town. Now, have I gone completely crazy? No. The reason for this is that that face is a good face because that actually means that people with money aren't going to be buying in that part of town. And so therefore, the prices are going to be suppressed in that part of town. But the beauty of it is that your guests don't care. Most of your guests are from out of town. And so when they see that they're going to be staying in a place called Bonnie Mine in Swansea, that does not uh, bother them one iota. The point is here that as long as the drive in is okay and the drive out is okay and the the car is going to be safe outside and you know the property's not getting burgled etc cetera, etc cetera, then it's going to work perfectly well as serviced accommodation and I've had a this this particular property in in Bonnie Mine for over 2 years now and that no cars have ever been damaged there's not been a burglary and our guests are extremely happy staying in the property. Our average review scores on the two houses, one is at 9.2 and the other is 9.3 on booking.com and and that's out of 10. So literally, you know, obviously the proof of the pudding is in the eating here. It doesn't matter that it is in a part of town that people in your town would not desire, people with money in your town would not desire. So hopefully I've got that, that point across here because that can represent a, an opportunity for you. It's a bit of a a loophole that you can exploit in that, do you know what? You might even get some tenants turning up their nose to you buying in a certain part of your town. But again, your guests don't care. Your guests are not, well, typically, they're not going to be staying there for months and months and months. We get tradesmen come and stay for months and months and months, and they're absolutely fine with it. Um, and so... Please don't turn your nose up to properties that is not in the fancy part of town to, to be using as service accommodation. I can I could argue that you know you should choose service accommodation there first, <laughs> HMO and buy to let second for investment properties. 
And so it's really, uh, it's a loophole that everyone should be exploiting. Now, I'll, I'll come to the reason why, and a few other reasons why you should definitely be targeting it now, because one of the reasons, one of the core reasons why you should be doing serviced accommodation is capital allowances. Now, this, this property, I'll just give you the, the, you know, the headline figures. The purchase price for these two houses on one title was £90,000. Yes, it needed a lot of work doing, so we had to do a £65,000 refurb. And it revalued, you know, remember what I said earlier, we, we're always doing buy, refurbish, refinance. It revalued at 240000 And so we, we are looking at the comparables in the area to see what it's going to value up at post uh, refurb. And the, the valuers, they're not going to evaluate on a, a commercial valuation. They're going to value the properties on a normal standard residential valuation because they're just looking at it. If the bank repossesses, what could it be sold for on the open market? And so that's what um, the valuers are going to value it at. And that's what you should base your numbers on post refurb. What is it going to compare to? Look at the sold prices in that postcode and that will give you a really good idea. Um, what you can do if you go on to uh, Rightmove and Zoopla, etc., and you look at the property details and looking at properties, uh, the price that they sold at, you can look at the photos as well um, to see what condition it was in when it sold. And that will give you a really good idea as to um, a done up property, what's it likely to sell for in your area. So hopefully that's useful. And so, yes, you're going to do buy, refurbish, refinance. So it valued this particular one up at 240. We put a 60, sorry, a 70% loan to value mortgage on this property. Now, this is a serviced accommodation product with Cambridge and Counties. And that mortgage, one thing we have to remember is that we can still offset all our mortgage interest against the income from the property, which I'll come to shortly, because we're not affected by Section 24. Section 24 does not affect serviced accommodation. So Section 24 is, is the anti-landlord tax. Well, that's affecting buy-to-let and HMO. And so the government are reducing the amount and it's going to be reduced down to zero by 2021. How much mortgage interest can be offset against the rent? And that's going to significantly impact 600,000 buy-to-let and HMO landlords making 600,000 of them higher rate taxpayers. But the point is, is here that Section 24 does not affect service accommodation. So if the property is being used as service accommodation or more specifically furnished holiday let, then you can still, you know, you put in your income down on your tax return as furnished holiday let income and you can still offset your mortgage costs. So that's a really cool tax advantage. Now, the capital allowances on this property let me just see, I'll get my notes here, are £63,739. Now, what does that mean? That means that we've had the capital allowance surveyor in and he's worked out all the plant and machinery that is now in use for serviced accommodation. So, you know, the, the heating, the wiring, the flooring, all of that stuff, it all becomes plant and machinery. And he's returned a capital allowance of over £63,000. So what does that mean? Well, that means that we can earn over £63,000 on the property tax-free. So not only are we not being affected by Section 24, we're also able to earn over £63,000 tax-free on this property. 
And so let's just talk about the the profit that we're getting in on this property. So it's two houses on one title. One house is a five-bed house and the other house is a two-bed house. The combined profit, the highest monthly profit that we got was £6,490. Now that was pre us putting a mortgage on the property. So it would be just shy of, of uh, £6,000. Um, but that was the highest monthly profit. Why? Because we get large groups of contractors booking us and quite often when a company will book you. It's non-refundable. So, you know, there's, um, depending on your terms and conditions, typically two weeks out, if, if if people cancel, then they can't get their money back. And that's what happened. They, they decided, the contractor decided they weren't coming. They were outside of the, the refund uh, term and they didn't ask for their money back. It's, it's a business, let's face it. They blocked up our calendar for, you know, however long. And so they cancelled, didn't ask for their money back. It, the calendar was freed up and then we happened to get another booking in shortly after, which was a, a, a another big booking. And so for that particular month, we had £6,490 profit. But the average profit, the average monthly profit on this these two properties is £3,518. So we can earn £3,518, still offset all our mortgage interest, and we can earn 68,000, wrong, 63,000 odd pounds tax-free. So this is just, it's ridiculous, if you like, that you can target property in a part of town that most people would not desire to live in. But the loophole is that your guests from out of town don't care as long as the property is is in a decent enough location. So typically, it's on the outskirts of an area in your town that doesn't have the you know the best reputation in terms of its name. So it's on the outskirts of that, which suppresses the purchase price. So you can go in and get it nice and cheap, still do buy, refurbish, refinance, use it as service accommodation, avoid Section 24 and claim capital allowances. Now, the other really cool thing that we can take advantage of is the fact that Furnish Holiday Let attracts business rates. And so you've got up to £12,000 full exemption on business rates. And so as long as your business rates don't exceed that, and most business rates are going to be comparable with um, council tax. And so as long as your council tax forward slash business rates don't exceed 12000 they're extremely unlikely to, you're actually going to be able to claim small business rates relief and pay no business rates. So no council tax and no business rates either. And it's graduated up to 16000 so you might pay a little bit. If it's a really, really large property and the business rates are, are over 12000 then you might end up paying a little bit. But the point is you're going to be paying a hell of a lot less than if you were paying council tax. And you get to claim uh, small business rates relief on at least one property in the uh, portfolio. And that could actually be the, the owning entity. So it could be you can get business rates uh, relief on a property and owned in a limited company. You can get business rates relief on a property owned in your own name, business rates relief on a property in a joint venture with another joint venture partner or, or property owned in a partnership. The point is, is that if there's different owning entities, then each one qualifies for small business rates relief. So that's that's another significant tax break that we can all be taking advantage of. So I just wanted to open your eyes here and I just wanted you to maybe look at things slightly differently. Are you considering doing service accommodation? Everyone thinks about, you know, wants to do rent to SA. Well, that's absolutely great. But save up your 
money, save up the cash, okay, that you're getting in from your rent to SAs to build your deposit pot. Because when you start getting into buying property to do service accommodation, that's extremely exciting. Because as I said, when you're doing rent to SA, it's owned by somebody else. You're not going to own it. Or you, unless you put an option in place, a, a, a lease purchase option so that you can buy it at a later date. Well, that's all fine and dandy. But bearing in mind, you can do that. But going straight into purchase to SA, then why not? Do exactly as I've just said. Buy it at a certain price. Refurbish it. Refinance it. Pull all your money back out. Put a mortgage on the property. You're still going to be able to avoid Section 24. Later on, you're going to be able to um, claim your capital allowances. You're going to be able to avoid um, paying uh, council tax and uh, get small business rates relief. And and so there's just so much more money as a property investor that you can make by using service accommodation as your strategy. So I hope you found that uh, episode useful. Um, why don't you check out my website? So I've got a website that is live now and it is www propertysoldier.co.uk. I've actually got some offers on at the moment for people to come and get some training with me for free. So I've got discovery days. There's there's other things that uh, with my partner, Progressive Property, you can book yourself on. So there's multiple streams of property income. There's beginner's property secrets days that I host. Um, so I'm going to be at all three types of events, the service combination discovery, the multiple streams of property income, and the beginner's property secrets. I'm going to be training on those so come on down. You can grab some free tickets, uh, two two tickets for free. Uh, all you need to do is just give uh, log on on the website, give some information, and then we will be in touch in order to get you booked on. And, you know, any other suggestions for content um, that you would like me to cover on the website, that would be great. So do that via the website as well. And I will see you all soon. So as I always finish, here's to your success in serviced accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.